Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God.
with us.
If love and that ancient cross, how precious is my Savior's blood. Beauty of heaven wrapped in my shame. The image of love upon death's frame. you see beyond the grave if love found my soul were dying for let me hear your voices that 
We'll sing it, church.
voices and sing it. Victoria, my chains are gone. That's some good news right there. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, the scripture says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But then it says, Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And then it says, whom God set forth as propitiation or sacrifice or as Isaiah put it, as he was prophesying of Jesus, the chastisement of our peace was on him or everything that it took in order for me to be at peace with God was on Jesus. He set him as propitiation for my sins. Amen? It says, by his blood, through faith, to demonstrate his righteousness because in his, I love this right here, because in his forbearance, in other words, God is patient. In his forbearance, it says, that God had passed over the sin that were previously committed to demonstrate at the time His righteousness that He might be just and the justifier. So that God would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So I want you to ask yourself today, am I that one that has faith in Jesus? And if you're that one who has faith in Jesus, you say his sacrifice was enough for me. You're saying that today I stand in the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus in spite of the things that I've done in my life because those chains are gone and that man is buried and I've been raised to life with Jesus and my faith today stands in the resurrected Jesus. Hallelujah. And today as we partake of the communion table, we're saying, Jesus, my faith is in you. My faith is in, not in the cracker. My faith is in the sacrifice that the cracker represents. My faith is not in the little cup of juice. My faith is in the sacrifice that washed me clean from all of my sin. My faith is in the sacrifice that Jesus paid for me. And I know that today, that even though sometimes the voices that I hear make me feel like I'm inferior, and I know that today that the voices that I hear sometimes make me feel like I can't be enough, and the voices that I hear may, excuse me, may make me feel like I can't measure up. I know that God is just, and He is the justifier. 
and that today he doesn't judge me according to my sins because my faith is in Jesus he judges me according to Jesus sins and I'm here to tell you that there are no sins to pay a price for because all have sinned but when I put my faith in Jesus I'm identified with him and it's no longer I who live but it's Christ who lives in me amen hallelujah Jesus we thank you for your body Jesus we thank you for your blood today we stand as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because of your sacrifice over this next song if you haven't already partaken of the communion table as you partake of it and if you have then I want you to go back to that moment and I want you to put yourself in remembrance of God's goodness see the thing about it is God set out a law for us and he wrote it and he took five books of the Bible the first five books of the Bible the law and he laid it out if you want to reach God here's what you got to do he didn't hide anything there were no changing of rules there were no secrets here's what you got to do and so God was perfectly within his rights to say I told you what to do and if you don't do it I'm sorry he was perfectly within his rights to do that I gave you the rules if you don't follow the rules then there's consequences to not following the rules and the wages of sin is death that's what the scripture tells us but then God the same God who wrote all the rules he said you know what but I know that they can't keep all those rules he didn't have to send his son he didn't have to send Jesus he could have just stayed in heaven, hung out with Jesus. They would have had a grand time. But instead, he said, no, it's not good enough for me. Because my creation is down there hurting. My creation is suffering. My creation needs a way to be restored to fellowship with me. And so I'm going to send the only person that is without sin, the only person that can go and accomplish this mission, I'm going to send them in. And I'm going to send him to die for all of mankind so that through his sacrifice they can come with boldness into my throne room as daughters and sons of God. Amen. The song's called Goodness of God. We've done it on Wednesdays a couple of times. We've never done it on Sunday. As we sing this song, I want you to sing out with everything you have of the goodness of our God who rescued you and he rescued me and he's made a way hallelujah
your mercy never fails me in all my days I am held in your hand from the moment that I wake until I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God In all my life you have been faithful In all my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am made I will sing of the goodness of God led me through the fire in darkest night you were close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend and I have lived in the goodness of God Come on, church, sing your goodness is running after. Because your goodness chases after me. With everything I have, 
Scripture tells us in Psalm 23 that goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. I've heard it described like this that goodness and mercy are like the hunting dogs of God. See, once goodness and mercy gets your scent, it's not going to give up. It's relentless. It just follows after you and follows after you and follows after you. And everywhere I go, there's just goodness. Everywhere I go, there's mercy. And when I fall short, there's still goodness and there's still mercy. Amen. And every time I say something dumb, there's still goodness and there's still mercy following after me. And every time I get my eyes focused on the problem instead of the problem solver, there's still goodness and there's mercy following after me. <laughs> because all my life, he's been faithful. It's good to keep ourselves in remembrance of the fact that all of our life, he has been faithful. All of our life, he's been good. So why do I stand up here and I shout as loud as I can of the goodness of our God because he's shouting after me all the time. Amen? Why do I want to tell everybody? Because I love this world so much that I want everyone to understand just how good my God is, just how much he has taken me from a mess and he has blessed my life, just how much that even on my darkest day, he is there. Man. You guys, I better stop or I'm going to preach today. It's not my job today. Hallelujah. Man, but when you begin to understand His goodness, it's just hard to keep it quiet. Hallelujah. I got a message. I got something I need to say. And there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people that need to hear. And today, there's people in this room that we're coming together and we're in all different places in life. But we have one thing in common. We've come together today in spite of challenges in spite of difficulties, and I don't know what it took to get you here, but you decided to come.
just like the person next to you and the person across the auditorium from you so that we could sing of the goodness of God, so that we could hear of the goodness of God, so that we could surround ourselves with the goodness of God. And joining us are thousands and tens of thousands of people online all over this world. Our brothers and our sisters. And today in Guatemala City, our sister church, Palabra en Acción, is singing of the goodness of God. And in underground churches in China and underground churches in Iraq and in Iran and in Turkey and we're joining together with our brothers and sisters and we're singing of the goodness of our God. Psalm 34 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, taste and see. See, because once you've tasted it, you won't be able to get enough. Once you've tasted it, you crave it. Once you've tasted it, man, I, I got to have more. Can we sing that chorus one more time? Hallelujah. God, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you that you are in this place because we've asked you to be here. You're in this place because you've promised that where two or more are gathered in your name, that you are right there in the midst of them. And so, God, we pray today that you'll speak to our hearts through your Holy Spirit. We open up our hearts to you. Teach us today. We thank you that you've brought us together, and it's not an accident that we are in this place today. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, he is good. Amen? Amen. We give you thanks, God. Amen. Well, how many know that God is madly in love with them? Anybody here know that? You sounded a little convinced. Um, and maybe like some of you have heard it before. So I want you to fake it till you make it. And uh, I want to ask you again, has anybody around here heard that God is madly in love with them? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. So one of two things. That's a lot of noise. Y'all all right? You good? Everybody's good. Elijah wasn't done. I'm just blaming it on you. I have no idea where the noise is coming from. Oh, it was you? All right. 
I liked your solo at the end. It was good. Next time, try to make it so low that we can't hear it. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Love you, Elijah. Hey, killer job on that tambourine today, right? Didn't Elijah do good today? <laughs> Amen. I don't know what I was talking about, God or love or something. So uh, welcome to Word of Life. Uh, if you're here for the very first time, we want to thank you so much for being here. We have a card in the seat in front of you that says, Welcome to Word of Life. If you're here for the first time, then I'd like you to fill that out. And I can't blame it on anybody that time. Um, let's, let's go ahead and mute all that stuff except for my mic, and maybe it'll go away. Um, or maybe if we ignore it long enough, it'll go away. You think? Nah. So thanks again for coming. You can, uh, there's a card in front of you. Fill it out, drop it in the offering, and we would appreciate it so much, all right? That's what I was trying to say. So um, I have a couple of announcements for you, but the, the first thing, you feel like I'm trying to fix this. I'm on my mind. Is yours on? Again. Well, Jason's mic. That is an anomaly, though, because I'm supposed to be using that one, but we were having an issue with that one, so I'm using this one. So it's not as crazy as it sounds. All right. We have some announcements today, but I'm going to talk first about giving and receiving. Oh, my God. Really weird. I don't think you're doing anything, and it's. I know. I can see. <laughs> check, 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 check. Okay. Let's gonna. We're gonna try this. But it might make some ugly noises. But I guess it's not worse than was happening. I don't know. So this is actually not announcer either, if you figure that out. <laughs> I apologize. All right. Long story that y'all don't want to hear. So um, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, something. First Corinthians chapter 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 7. We're talking about giving and receiving. And it says here, that he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. It says, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. I wanted to, to focus on this right here. Let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Now, one thing I think that's very important here is the only amount of money that the Scripture ever tells us to give, as it says, bring the tithe into the storehouse. 
A tithe is a 10% by definition. That's what tithe means is 10%. So as it says, bring the tithe into the storehouse, we have a scriptural mandate from God to bring the tithe or 10% of anything that we earn into the storehouse. Now, when we're talking about giving up and above the offering, it's as a man purposes in his heart. And so there are a lot of misconceptions and a lot of things that float around that I need to give this much or that much, or sometimes you'll even hear people tell you how much that you should give. You won't hear that from this stage because what we do is we say we want you to ask God what he would have you to give and then be obedient to God. Now, whether you are or not is between you and God. And we're not going to ask you, now, were you obedient? Because I think that God, I, I don't know what God tells you. I'm never going to know that. That is not my information to know. So that's between you and him. But the scripture tells us, let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Now, a couple of things about heart, and I'm going to wrap this up. When we hear the scripture talking about purposing in our heart, I think there's two different ways we can go about that. Because first of all, the scripture tells us to have a heart that follows after God. And Ezekiel tells us that he has removed the stony heart from us and given us a new heart, a heart that is God-willed, not self-willed. So I believe this, that as we condition our heart to the things of God, then God speaks to our hearts or to our spirit, and he begins to reveal himself to us and show us his purposes and his plans, and then he will instruct us on what he wants us to do. And as our heart is lined up with his heart and we're obedient in him, then we see doors begin to open and blessings begin to open up and we begin to see because our heart is following after him. So when we say here, let each one give, I'm in each one, you're in each one, as he purposes in his heart. In other words, how God is communicating with you on what you should do. I'm not grudging because my heart is following after him. I'm not giving out of a necessity because... My heart is following after him, and that pleases God because he loves a cheerful giver. Amen? Praise God. Let's pray over our giving today. Father God, we thank you for your goodness. God, we thank you that as we sing today that you have been so faithful, and God, we know that you're faithful in every area of our life, and that includes our finances. And so, God, you know the ins and outs. Not only do you know what's here today, but you know what's coming. And so, God, I ask you today that you speak to our hearts on what we should give. And God, give us the courage to be obedient, even when it may be difficult, knowing that you have provided for us and that you're our source. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As they're receiving the offering, we're going to give this announcement video a go, and if it doesn't work, then I'll just talk for too long. Let's keep the lights on until they're finished. That's my fault, Michelle. I'm sorry. Hey, guys. This is Pastor Jason. I just wanted to let you know about a few things that are going on right here at Word of Life Church. First off, every single Friday night at 7 o'clock, we have the Gospel of Grace with Fred Padilla. And that's going to be at Fred's house, and you can also watch online at wolcarlsbad.com.
Every Sunday night at 6 o'clock, we have an English Bible study and a Spanish Bible study. I encourage you to get involved with that. That's right here at the church every Sunday night at 6 o'clock. I want to encourage you guys to join us for Wednesday night refresh, 7 o'clock, right here at the church. Don't forget as you're leaving today to pick up new merchandise in the Word of Life bookstore so you can get your Word of Life swag on. Also, sign up for text alerts by texting WOL texting to 970000 and download our app from the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Guys, we've got a really special event called Night to Shine. It's coming up on February the 7th. Watch this video and check out what goes on at Night to Shine. It's a cool meeting, Tim. Oh, yeah, Tim inspires me so much. Dude, we're going to have some fun tonight, right? Oh, yeah. All right, let's go. Every heartland, farm town, fence, post, Every West Coast, big break queen. All your high-rise, skyline, concrete kids. Every zip code in between. Grab your first time from porch pounding hard and gas up your Chevrolet. Cause the sun's half gone and it won't be long till we make our getaway. Soy alegría y corazón, soy maestro de fe y amor. Enseñamos a creer y enseñamos a soñar. Hoy es tiempo de reír también, hoy es tiempo de bailar. Deseamos hoy creer y por eso déjanos volar. This is our time, our night to shine. Oh, take my hand, hold on tight. Go look back to the morning and let the world go. Please be slow. Tell tomorrow not to hurry, we're just fine. This is our night to shine. Been a flower. Your favorite pair of denim, patched up knees and faded blue. Told two twenties in your pocket. Me siento como un rey. Yo soñé con este día.
one of the best nights of, of my life. Oh. Mm, thank you so much. Thank you. So much. Night to Shine is such a big event that we need lots of hands. If you can volunteer or if you'd like to donate, go to shinecarlsbad.com. Word of Life is an outreach church, so we expect to see you there. And I promise it's not something that you want to miss. Night to Shine is amazing. Best night of the year, hands down. Um, I know we say that a lot, but it's so true. Um, I can't promise that you'll make it through the night without crying. I can barely make it through the video without crying. But... <laughs> It is so awesome. Um, we still need lots of volunteers. We're still missing about 100 volunteers. We need about 250 to make Night to Shine happen. So if you haven't signed up, sign up. Get your friends to sign up and go help. Um, you know, you can be a buddy and be somebody's best friend for the night and make sure that they have a blast. You can help do their makeup and hair and shoe shines to make them feel like royalty. Um, there's so many things that you can do to get involved. So whatever sounds, like, amazing to you, then sign up and get involved. Um, and then also we're asking families – if you can, just $50 or whatever you can do to go towards Night to Shine. We do that so that we don't have to ask sponsors and have, you know, the night be about who the sponsors are and announcing those. We want to make sure that we focus on our guests and the reason we're there. So um, pray about that and see what you can do, and that would be amazing. Um, second thing that I have is we have a ladies' trip coming up in April. What's on there? I believe it's April 16th and 17th. Um, we're going to go to Lubbock and go to the Encounter Tour. Um, Lisa Tur Turkhurst is going to be there. Um, if you haven't heard her, she's amazing. Um, one of my favorite authors, I love her books. Um, so we're excited about going to that. It's gonna be at Trinity Church. So we're going to go on Thursday, um, planning on leaving about noon, traveling to Lubbock, have dinner. We're gonna go to the um, service that night. And then on Friday, we're planning on kind of hanging out, having a girl's day, going shopping, and then coming home that evening. So it's a Thursday, Friday trip. Um, if you want to do that, the total cost is $120. Um, we need a $40 down payment like ASAP so that we can make sure we get your ticket. Um, they are doing this all over this region, and most places are already sold out. So they're going fast. I looked this morning. Um, we've purchased 10 tickets so far. I believe we have eight signed up. Is that right, Kay? Okay, so we still have two available. When I looked online, their group tickets are sold out, but they still have some individuals. So they're going to go fast, so make sure if you want to go with us, then get signed up and make your down payment. You can do that. What was that website again? I just posted the link this morning on the Facebook page. So go to the Facebook page and click the link. <laughs> That'll be the easiest way. <laughs> All right, I think that's it. Bridge class ready to be dismissed this morning. And let's take a moment as they're going and let's pray for our nation, our government leaders. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the Lord instructed us, in fact, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, uh, chapter 2, rather, verse number 1, says, Therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Didn't say all that you agree with, but all men. Then it says, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Praise God. Let's pray.
Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we just thank you for the privilege that we have to, uh, that we live in this great nation, the United States of America. And Father, you instructed us in your word, we just read it, Father, where you said that we were to pray for those in positions of governmental authority, regardless of who they are, regardless of what their political positions are on, on uh, various issues. But Father, we thank you that you raise one up and put another down. It is your place and your, uh, your job to raise up those who you desire to be in authority. And so, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. We pray for those who stand in positions of authority right now, regardless of who they are and regardless of, uh, of their positions. Father, we pray that you would be, begin to speak to their hearts, Father, and begin to, to show them the things that they must do, the decisions that they must make, the positions that they must take on, uh, on the issues that concern every one of us. And, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Father, you said that we would pray that we could live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. You said this was good and acceptable in your sight. And so, Father, we pray for a, a spirit of civility to come across this nation, Father, that, that regardless of whether we agree with one another or not, that, Father, that we can live peaceably with one another. And we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And I want to ask you to just continue to pray for your nation. Pray, you know, in, in, in your personal prayer time, don't make this the only time that you pray for your nation. Praise God. And for, uh, for all those in positions of governmental authority. Now, today we are going to continue talking about seed and the blessing of the seed. And uh, as I started this series off a couple of weeks ago, I began to talk about the fact that, uh, uh, you know, some people think, that, I mean, they, they use this phrase that it's, it's from Scripture, uh, but, but they, they, when they disagree with someone or when someone does something that they think is wrong, uh, you know, we like to point our finger in their face and say, you know, you're going to reap what you sow. And, uh, you know, and while there's truth to that, that, that the seed that we sow, good or bad, does produce a harvest. And, uh, but we, we want to understand that this law of seed time and harvest is, was never intended to be a negative thing. You know, it, we need to realize that there is a blessing to this law of seed time and harvest, and, and it is intended to be a blessing to your life. Whatever God set in, in, in place, uh, he intended it to be a blessing. In fact, you know, the law of seed time and harvest was in existence before the fall ever took place. Uh, you know, when God created the, the earth, before he actually he set this law of seed time and harvest into place before he ever even created Adam. And this law of seed time and harvest, it was there so that, uh, you know, he created plant life, he created animal life, he put all this in the garden, and, and uh, you know, he, he, uh, he, he set seed time and harvest so the plants would produce, 
and, and they would produce more seed so that the seed would fall on the ground and it would produce more life. He, he set a perpetual thing into motion, praise God. And, uh, you know, and that's a good thing. That's why you get to eat today is because of the law of seed time and harvest. Praise God. And who's happy about that? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, we began talking last week about a parable that Jesus spoke, and, uh, and he, he said this about um, seed that was sown in the ground, and he really talked about, we call this the, the, uh, the parable of the sower, because it begins, you know, the sower sows the word, and, uh, uh, but in reality, if we look at this, the, the, the parable is more about the different kinds of, uh, of soil that the seed is sown in. And uh, he's, he talked about the fact that there is, um, there is the hard-packed wayside being the, the, the hardened, we, we might even say uh, the sidewalk. He says sometimes seed is sown and it falls on the sidewalk. And he says when that happens, Immediately the birds of the air, they come and they, they take away the seed that was sown. And then he said there was some so soil that was stony ground. And uh, we spent quite a bit of time developing the fact that stony ground is talking about a, a, a legalistic mentality and a legalistic heart. And, and so um, he says there is uh, stony ground, and he said because the seed doesn't have any place to put its roots down, when the heat comes along, when things get difficult, when challenges arise, uh, for the word's sake, it says that it immediately withers away and it dies and doesn't produce any fruit. And then the third kind of soil was the soil of, of thorny ground. And when he's talking about the thorny ground, he says the cares of this, the cares of life, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things entering in choke out the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And uh, then he says the, the fourth kind of soil is the good ground, the good soil for the seed to be sown in, the good ground for the word of God. And when the word of God, see, we pray, uh, you know, for our our church, for our congregation. We pray uh, over the seed that is sown, whether it be in this room or whether it be over the airwaves. You know, we are um, reaching out to uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 100,000 people that are viewing us online every week. And uh, so we pray that the seed, whether it's going forth over the internet, whether it's being sown right here in this room, or whether, let me, let me just say it this way, and here's something that, that maybe you hadn't thought of, but the seed that we sow here sometimes gets carried out of here by you and sown somewhere. You know, it gets sown in the lives of people that may never come in the doors here. You're carrying the seed from this place. And, 
you know, and, and, and you're dropping that seed in your workplace, and you're dropping that seed at the ballpark, and you're dropping that seed at the school, and you're dropping that seed in, in, the, uh, in the supermarket, and you're dropping that seed wherever you may go, and that seed is being sown, you know, and, and really, um, I, I, I say that I trust that you're, so, that you're dropping the seed. I trust that you're sowing the seed where you go. See, that's got what God intended to happen. When you come in here, you don't come in here. Uh, can I take just a little short rabbit trail? It'll be short. Okay? All right. We're going to take just a little short rabbit trail here. And, you know, when you, um, when you take the Word of God, you receive the Word of God, see, then we want to take that and we want to, to, to sow it wherever we go and the and we expect you see you need to be sowing you need to be sowing the sower sows the word and the word then it finds root in various places don't be afraid to open your mouth and to share the word of god praise god you know you might be the only parent at the ballpark that has any seed, right? Any good seed, let me put it that way. You know, everybody there has got some kind of seed, but uh, uh, you might be the only one there with any good seed. You might be the only one standing in line at the supermarket that has any good seed. We want to be sowing some good seed, and we believe and we pray that the seed that we sow finds root in good ground. Praise God. And it produces a harvest. So uh, Jesus gives us this parable and explains the parable to us. And you get to determine what kind of soil you're going to be for the word. Praise God. Praise God. You, you know, just don't say, well, you know, I, I, I'm just stony ground. Well, if that's the case, recognize that and dig the stones up and throw them out. Praise God. And become good ground for the word. You know, maybe you're thorny ground. Well, maybe you've always been thorny ground. Maybe other things have always been more important to you than the things of God. And the things of God are just kind of a, of, of a sideline kind of a thing. If you have time, if it works out, if it's convenient for you. And maybe that's what you have always been. But that's not what you have to always be. You see, let's say this together. Say, what I have always been is not what I have to always be. Praise God. Praise God because we believe in a gospel that is designed specifically by God to change lives. And what you have always been is not what you have to always be. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus changes lives. You see, we act like, I talked about this Wednesday night just a little bit, we act like the cross didn't make any difference. Like, like Jesus came and he died on a cross, he rose from the dead, he, he went back to heaven and everything returned to normal. Everything just returned to the way it was. But that's not the case. When Jesus went back to heaven, every, or, or excuse me, let me, when Jesus came back from the grave is what I meant to say. When Jesus came back from the grave, everything changed. Praise God. Everything changed. And so 
We believe in a gospel that changes lives. Hallelujah. Now, get this. In Mark chapter 4, this is where the parable of the sower is, the parable of the soils that we've been talking about. This is where it's located in Mark chapter 4. But all the way through, I was reading through this in preparation for this message, and, and as I was reading through the fourth chapter of the book of Mark, I began to realize that the same theme carries all the way through the entire chapter. The parable that we talked about is really just the, 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 that's just one part of what he's talking about. But the same theme carries all the way through. Now, here we go. In Mark chapter 4, verse number 21, it says, also he said to them, is a lamp, uh, is a lamp brought to be under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there, there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret that it should not come or that it should come to light. Now notice here, he's been talking about seeds and soil, what kind of, you know, what kind of soil you are. And then he changes for, for two verses here. He talks about the lamp. And he says, you don't take a lamp and you don't put the lamp under a bed or put it under a basket. But you, you, know, you set that lamp up so that it gives light to those that are in the room. And so, uh, you know, one thing I have figured out with my lightning quick mind, in, in reading the Word of God, that Jesus is not schizophrenic. And when he's talking about uh, something, and you see a verse in there that seems like it doesn't fit, it really fits. We need to find out how it fits. Because it seems like this verse doesn't fit. It seems like Jesus is talking about seeds and soil and all this kind of stuff. And then he just starts talking about lamps and lights for two verses. And then he goes back to talking about what he was, you know, like just some kind of schizophrenic thing that he, you know, uh, Jesus is not ADD. Uh, you know, Jesus is, he's not any of those things. When he's talking about something, he's continuing the theme, praise God. And so notice here, he's talking about a lamp. So I, I'm thinking, okay, Lord, you're going to have to show this to me. How does this fit with the theme of the entire chapter? And here's the deal. How you receive the word affects the light. It affects the light. You see, if I receive the Word of God with gladness and it grows up and it produces fruit in my life, it affects what I do because if it's, re if it's producing in me, you see, then what it's producing in me becomes evident. Praise God. What is producing, you will know them 
by the fruit that they bear. Now, somebody's, uh, I've heard people say this. They said, uh, well, you know, we're not called to be, to judge, but we can be fruit inspectors. Now, that's, that's somebody's stupid excuse for being, for being judgmental. All right? So if you're saying that, you know what I think about that. You're just making an excuse to be judgmental. All right? So, so here's the deal. You know, if, if uh, we're not called to be judges, we're called to be fruit inspectors. That's not what he said. He said, you will know. It will become evident. And he's really, he's talking to me about me. We got to understand this. When you're reading the Word of God, God's talking to you about you. He's not talking to you about your neighbor. Okay? Unless He's telling you to do right towards your neighbor. But, it, who's, but still, yet, He's talking to you about your neighbor. What you're, how you're supposed to, you know, I, I like to say it this way God never told me how you should treat me. He told me how I should treat you. Praise God. Praise God. Well, you know, the Bible says you're supposed to love me. No, the Bible says I'm supposed to love you. We need to start taking the word of God personally. And when we receive the word of God in good ground, we receive the word of God the way it is intended to be received, it will affect whether I let my light shine before me. See, because if, if the Word of God is producing the love of God in me, then I can't idly stand by and watch people go to hell. If the Word of God is producing the fruit of love in my life, then it affects the fact that I love you. You know, and I have found, I've been around for a long time, Somebody said, a really long time. You know, my, my grandkids think I've been around since the world began. But, you know, uh, not quite that long. But, you know, I've been around for a long time, and I've seen a lot of things come and a lot of things go. And, you know, and I have over the years, as you would expect, I've been growing in the Word of God. I've been growing in my relationship with the Lord. I've been growing in the things of God. For 62 years, I've been growing in the things of God. And as I've grown in the things of God, my attitude when it comes to other people has evolved. Some of you who have known me for a long time, you know my attitude has, has, has changed and evolved uh, more into the image of Christ. I hope that's what you're seeing anyway. You know, and the, the thing of it is, I am much more compassionate than I used to be. I am much more understanding of where you may have come from in your life than I used to be. You know, there was a time I, I might tell you, just get over it. But now I'm a little more compassionate about how you got where you are. Even people that seem hard and, and, and they, they have this, this really hard exterior 
and you know, and they treat people that uh, accordingly. You know, we had a lady, we had a lady in our church at one time. She's not here anymore, but uh, anyway, we had a lady in our church that she loved attention. Just she just loved attention. But, I, I mean, I had people comment to me about that. Well, you know, just, and, and, but the thing of it is, I knew some of the story as to why she was that way. And, and why, you know, what, what other people were seeing that didn't understand the, and didn't know the story what they were seeing was that this lady was really uh, self-centered, and there was all she thought she was something else. But when you knew what was behind that, you knew that was not the case at all. You knew it was actually the the exact opposite of that. She really had very low self-esteem, and she covered by that or for that, by trying to get attention. And, uh, you know, and it became, it became very clear to me why she did what she did. And so, uh, you know, I, I, would, I would always try to defend her because I knew what the situation was. And, you know, sometimes we just don't know the story. And see, but here's the thing, the more I walk with the Lord, the more I grow in my relationship with the Lord, the more compassionate I become in how I see people and how I view uh, what's going on in people's lives. Jesus said that the light reveals what's going on. The light reveals the seed that I've received. Praise God. You know, here, here's something that, that James said. He said, receive with meekness the implanted word that you may, uh, you know, I, I forget exactly the, the, the wording of that, but receive with meekness the implanting word, the implanted word. Uh, and he's really talking about a... Um, Kind of the the, um, the the whole idea. I don't know exactly how to say this, but uh, of of conceiving and childbirth and that kind. Of, and when you receive, see, when it's not so obvious with guys, all right. But with the ladies, you know. They can say they hadn't been doing anything all day long, but when they get pregnant, you know they've been doing something. <laughs> it becomes obvious. Okay? You, you know what I'm saying? Because the seed, it, it, it becomes obvious for all to see. When we have received the seed of the Word of God, Receive with meekness the implanted word 
of God, and it will produce a child. And the child that it produces is like Jesus. Praise God. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you get this? When, when you receive that seed of the Word of God, it's going to produce a child, and the child is going to be like Jesus. Praise God. So Jesus didn't stop talking about seed here, even though he starts talking about lamps and lights. Praise God. Now he goes on in verse number 23. He says, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. If anyone has ears to hear, check on the side of your head. See if they're still there. If they are. Let him hear. Praise God. Praise God. Verse number 24. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. It matters what you hear. Praise God. It matters what you're listening to. Praise God. Praise God. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you and to you who hear, more will be given. Remember that phrase, you who hear, more will be given. Okay? You who hear, more will be given. Because there's going to be another verse that's going to, that's going to tie right into that. So keep that in mind. Verse 25. For whoever has, here we go, to him... More will be given. Now, sometimes we, we read that, and if you don't read this with, with understanding, you might read that and you think, that's just wrong. You know, he who has, we're going to give that guy more. And the guy that doesn't have any, even the little bit he has, we're going to take that away from him. But let, let's see what he's really saying here. He is saying, he who has... That doesn't mean he who has stuff. What it means is he who has ears to hear. Because if you don't have ears to hear, the ear is how you receive. And if you don't have ears to hear, how's he going to get the word into you if you don't have hearing ears? And he said, if you don't have hearing ears, even the little bit that you have, you're going to lose that. So let, let's understand what he's talking about here. He's saying the sower, he's sowing the word. And your ears are word receptors. And to the one who has ears to hear, he said, to that one, there's going to be more given. Why? Because he's got receptors. And to the one who doesn't have receptors, then what, see, because here's the deal, your, your ears are also receptors for watering. 
See, when you plant a seed, you got to water the seed. Your ears are also receptors for watering. So if you don't have ears to hear, how's he going to water the seed? The Apostle Paul said this. He said, one plants, another waters, and God gives the increase. One plants, another waters, and God gives the increase. But if you don't have ears to hear, he can't even get the water of the word to the seed that has been sown. So you got to have ears to hear. You have to have receptors. Now, let's go on. Verse 25, whoever has, to him more will be given, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. You see, Jesus goes, you know, he, he says, are you hard ground, are you thorny ground, or, or whatever, but you have to have ears to hear. Now, in verse number 26, Jesus continues. He's still talking about seeds and sowing and harvest. Verse 26, he said, to the, uh, he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, then the full grain in the head. And when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Then he said, to what shall I liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, which when it is sown in the ground, is smaller than all the seeds on earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. Verse 33 he continues, and he says, And with many such parables he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear. Now notice that phrase right there. He spoke the word to them as they were able to hear. In other words, he spoke the word according to whether they had ears to hear or not. Those who had ears to hear got what? More. Those who didn't have ears to hear lost what they had. So, what's the most important thing you got to do? Clean out your ears, right? Make sure you got ears to hear. Because if you've got ears to hear, you're going to get more. And if you have more, you're going to receive more seed. And more seed means more harvest. Praise God. Now, let's go on. Verse number 30, uh, let's, let's look at 34. But without a parable, he did not speak to them. 
And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. Verse number 35. And on the same day, when evening had come, now we're still talking about seed time and harvest right here. When evening had come, he said to them, when you say something, what are you putting out? Words. All right? So Jesus spoke something to them. He said something to them. So he is putting out a word. And, and this story right here illustrates how what we just talked about works. This story is here because it is the demonstration of what was just taught about seeds and harvest. Now, notice here. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, he put out some words, and he said, let us cross over to the other side. Now, the words that he put out, they gave an instruction, but they gave a destination, they, they assigned a destination as the other side. So remember what the words were that were spoken. They were words that, that assigned their destination to the other side. Not halfway across, but to the other side. And that's going to make perfectly good sense in just a moment. But he said, let us cross over to the other side. Verse number 36, now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat, and he was, uh, as he was, and the other little boats were also with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Now, they said, We are perishing. How is it possible that they could go to the other side and perish in the middle. If they perished in the middle, they're not going to the other side. So it's one or the other. So Jesus said, let's go to the other side. They said, we're perishing. Now, let's get this. Jesus you know, he, he woke up and he calmed the sea, and then he said some more things to them. Now, here's what I want you to see. In verse 40, but he said to them, why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? Jesus wasn't afraid. He said, let's go to the other side. So he went in the bottom of the ship and went to sleep. Now, they are in terror for their lives. And then notice this phrase right here. How is it that you have no faith? 
how is it that you have no faith? Now, notice what he's, let, let's keep that, that phrase right there. How is it that you had no faith? Romans chapter 10, verse number 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Did they hear the word of God? Did they, did they have the word of God? I mean, Jesus, did he give them a word? And the word that he gave them was about the other side, not about dying in the middle. The word that he gave them was about going to the other side. They heard, and he says, faith comes by hearing. So Jesus is saying, how in the world is it, guys? I gave you a word, and since faith comes by hearing the word, I gave you what produces faith. How is it even possible that you don't have any faith? You know, and I see people all the time that hear the word of God and have no faith. Why is that? Well, Jesus gave us a clue. He said, let him who has ears hear. So they had ears on the side of their head, but they didn't have heart ears. And there are people that they sit in church and they hear the message of the word of God. They don't have ears to hear. They got ears on the side of their head. They've got physical ears, but they don't have any spirit ears to hear. So therefore, because they don't have any spirit ears, no faith comes. And so they go out and they live their life just like, this is why we say, how can we live like the cross made no difference? How can we live that way? Because we didn't have spiritual ears to hear what was said about what happened at the cross. So therefore, we have no revelation. We have no, uh, no seed of the word of God. about. We, we heard it with these physical ears, but we didn't hear it with our heart. And so therefore, we go out after just hearing a message about how that your sins are forgiven and you go out and live in guilt. You hear a message about how that Jesus bore your sickness, carried your diseases and your pain in his body on the cross, and we hear that message, we hear it with physical ears, but we have no heart ears, so therefore we go out and we live just like Jesus never did anything about our health. Because we have no ears to hear. Ears to hear, he, those who have, more will be given. More seed, more word will be given. But to those who do not have, they will lose even that which they, and one translation says it this way, what they seem to have. Even what they seem to have will be taken away. So here's the deal. When we don't have spiritual ears to hear, it is like sowing the seed of the word of God on the sidewalk. And God didn't say, here's, here's what many people 
they, they read the Bible like this. Oh, God said he'd take that away from them. No, he said it would be taken away. He didn't say he would take it away. If we back up and we read in the parable of the sower, we read this and we see who takes it away. Satan comes immediately to take away the word. If you don't have ears to hear the word of God, the word is sown, but Satan comes and takes away the word. So when you hear the solution to your problem in a message, and you're sitting there and you're saying amen, but you don't have ears, spiritual ears to hear, then you go out, and before you get out the door, the devil comes, Satan comes, and he takes away the word because your ground is just like a sidewalk. And he comes and takes away that word, and it is unfruitful. In fact, the seed is gone because he comes and takes away the word. So it's important. If you can get one thing out of what I've said this morning, it's clean out your ears. Clean out your ears. Why? Because that's going to determine whether you receive the word of God or not. Praise God. If you receive the word of God, it will grow up and it will produce fruit. And there is a law that says that seed produces after its kind. Now, so if you, if you want, if you need healing in your body, you need to get some healing seed. If you need your financial needs met, you need to get some seed dealing with provision. See, I, I take issue with these guys that I see on TV that say, you're sowing this financial seed $1,000 for your healing. They forgot the law that says the seed produces after its kind. They're planting corn and expecting to get beans, you know, but the seed produces after its kind. So if you need a financial harvest, thousand bucks, okay, that's all right. I'm not saying send me a thousand bucks. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that financial seed produces financial harvest. I'm saying that if you need healing in your body, then you need to get some word on healing, and you need to, here, here's the best thing you could do. If you, if you need healing in your body, the best thing you could do, after you remind yourself of what Jesus' broken body meant for you, the best thing you could do is begin to sow healing into somebody else's life. Begin to sow into their life as, as it relates to healing. Praise God. Praise God. So, we, we need to just make sure that we got our ears cleaned out so we can receive. Stop living in guilt. I know if you've been sitting in here, you've heard enough word that you should never live in guilt. You should never live in condemnation. You should never live a defeated life because you've heard enough word, you've had enough 
seed sown that if you've had ears to hear, you should never live with guilt and condemnation in your life. Praise God. See, because everything, I've done stuff wrong. You've done stuff wrong. Let's be honest, we have. But here's the deal. Jesus bore my guilt. He came so I didn't have to be condemned. God did not send his son into the world, John 3, 17. He did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So I don't have to be condemned. Praise God. And that right there will set you free from condemnation. If you've got ears to hear. It's got to produce. It's got to produce. See, it'll set you free from this. You, you've heard enough word to set you free from the, the bondage of self-effort. You've heard there, there's been enough word to, that has been sown from this very platform that will set you free from the bondage of self-effort. Praise God. Because of what Jesus has done for you, and that's what we proclaim, is Christ and Him crucified was enough for every need I will ever have. Praise God. Praise God. If you've been hearing this message today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you have never been born again, right now is the time we need to do that because Jesus said that unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. But it's very simple. It's very simple. I'm going to sow some word about that right now. Jesus came to this earth. He went to the cross. He bore your sickness. Your sickness. He did bear your sickness. He bore your sin in his body on the tree. So that we being dead to sin might live unto righteousness. Praise God. With whose stripes you are healed. But he bore, he paid the penalty for every sin you have ever committed or ever will commit. Or I like to say it this way, ever even thought about committing. He bore it and he paid for it so that you could be free from it. Here's how you get free. So right now, whether you're sitting in this room or whether you're watching online, I want you to pray this with me right now. Just If you'll say this after me, when we say amen at the end of this, you will be saved. And you will have passed from death unto life. And you will be declared righteous. When we say amen, if you meant what you said, God will point at you and he will call your name and call you righteous. Praise God. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to say this together. So let's all say this. Say, God in heaven, today I'm thankful that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. That he paid for all of my sins past, present, and future, he paid the penalty for them. And then he rose again from the dead so that I could have new life. And today I choose Jesus to be my personal Lord and Savior. 
I believe and I choose you right now. Now, here we go. Your life is about to forever change. Say this with me. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. and We've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us. And remember that God is madly in love 